It is not at all true that Samuel Poulin has been placed on the endangered species list. But he might as well be since, you know, he was a first-round pick of your favorite team. Good morning. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. But this weekend, it's going to be development camp. It's going to be players lacing up skates in Cranberry and doing so, by the way, for the first time in a couple of years in front of humans as those sessions will be open to the public. There are four of them in all. And on the fourth day, next Tuesday, there will be the annual development camp scrimmage. And the latter is really kind of the only place where players can make any meaningful impact on the management personnel attending. Poulin isn't the only prospect that I'd expect will have a realistic chance of making such an impression, but he probably should shoot to the top of that list. If you think about his pedigree being what feels like the Penguins' only first-round pick within the past half-century, there's a lot of hopes riding on him. And he's up to that. Everybody describes him as having matured a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, Through the pandemic, Scott Young did an interview with our Taylor Haas and Dave Molinari of DK Pittsburgh Sports in which he said that this kid has really shown that he's driven. And as such, he is expected to come in and compete for a spot in actual training camp, not development camp. And when I say spot, I'm not talking about anything other than Pittsburgh. I see no chance of that happening, but I respect that the Penguins want to make sure that they're waving enough carrots in front of the right faces. But what I find funny about anyone describing Poulin as having grown up or morphed into something more mature or whatever, I, I I was blown away by his maturity the day he was drafted, and then even more so when he took part in his first development camp, his first training camp, and then the next training camp after that. He's he's got himself in addition to a mature, to keep using that word, skill set and a mature presence about him. He's also had, for a long time now, a mature physical frame. It's one of the reasons that when you first saw him, the first time he participated in the regular camp, that he didn't look out of place. Usually when there's a draft pick, especially a high one, and you get them involved with the main guys, they look like the skinny, lanky kids that very clearly don't belong. Poulin did right away. He was bigger, thicker, sturdier, and also, this is kind of important, could absolutely skate with the group. 
But what Poulin's going to have to show isn't going to be flash and dash. It just isn't. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And your special prize for listening to this particular program is that Fubo TV is offering our listeners a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. All you got to do is go to FuboTV.com slash DK. See, I told you it was just for us. FuboTV.com slash DK. Poulin could light the lamp multiple times in practice sessions and drills over the coming three days, and he could do so again on the fourth day in the scrimmage. He could have a hat trick. He could have everybody talking about him, the place, all 900 people you can squeeze in there, cheering, and we'd all be reporters asking Mike Sullivan and Scott Young and Ron Hextall and everything afterward, like, wow, what are you going to do about this guy? How are you going to find room for him on... And I am telling you that it won't matter one lick compared to what Poulin does over all 200 feet of ice. I am not going to Daniel Sprong, this young man, before his time. But when I've watched Poulin, and to be fair, that was all pre-pandemic, he had almost no concept of what he was doing on other parts of the rink. And I'm not just talking about defending. A lot of times when you hear someone say that about a forward, especially a young forward, you think that it's they don't want to play defense or they're not interested. But as was the case with Sprung, who very much wanted to do those things and has indeed gotten a lot better better at them and finally found himself steady work, it seems, in Washington. Poulin just doesn't know or didn't know, to be more accurate, where to be. And that goes for all three zones. He seemed most lost, actually, in the offensive zone. There was no chemistry whatsoever. And you might recall that in 2019, he was taking shifts with Sidney Crosby. And he didn't come close to getting a read on what was happening out there. Now, I'll repeat, I'm not here to kill anybody's dreams or bury someone prematurely. For all I know, since then, you know, he's morphed into a modern-day Guy Carboneau. Or Patrice Bergeron, for those of you who don't go that far back for that reference. But I'll be surprised if if he has. Pleasantly surprised, but surprised nonetheless. That's one of the things that I'll be watching for. And again, unfortunately, it's one of those that you really can't get a beat on until you're seeing it in game form. So the first three days won't really reveal much there. The fourth, I'll bet, will. And if he does well, I still expect that he'll go to Wilkes-Barre. I think he should go to Wilkes-Barre. 
given that he's never played professional hockey, but he'd at the very least put himself on a shorter list of players who could get recalled if and when the Penguins need help from the AHL. When we come back, just one question. back it's time for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the good people at the greater pittsburgh community food bank where they are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western pennsylvania and they in turn need your help find out how one dollar one dollar out of your wallet produces five full meals for those in need visit pittsburgh food bank dot org our question comes from jim who asks why run the balance of winning and building a prospect pipeline it's all over when the core is done anyway so why not go for broke the next couple of seasons and then burn it down to do anything in between seems like a long mediocre run are they worried that the fans won't support them I'm going to presume, Jim, that you mean support them after things get burned down. Um, That kind of goes back to a really tired old line that a lot of people still repeat, and I'm not sure why, that the moment Sid and Gino are gone, the arena is going to be empty and they're not going to sell any of their suites and it's just going to be an abject disaster because... That's what happened in the late 90s and the early 2000s. Um, I'm not a believer in that. See, I covered the Penguins actually on a daily basis around that period. And I covered them not just on the ice, but all of the various strange things going on off the ice, not least of which were bankruptcy proceedings and owners coming out of retirement and still owning the team and uh, going from having the some of the worst attendance to every house was filled to having really terrible attendance as soon as Mario was out to having the house filled again with Sid. So I, I can see where it was formed, this idea. But that also was 20 years ago. And we've had... A generation of Pittsburghers, I should say another generation of Pittsburghers, grow up as not just hockey fans, but hockey players and hockey coaches and hockey moms and hockey dads and hockey everythings. And we've had an explosion of rinks and teams and levels and our elite programs now routinely go into Minnesota and Massachusetts and Michigan and unthinkable places like that, at least previously, and win. Pittsburgh's a different city from a hockey perspective than what it was back then. Back then, Pittsburgh, yeah, we'd come a long way, Thanks to Mario, thanks to the Cups. 
but it was still a generation of hockey fans who were born. I'm going to try to say this without insulting my own generation of Pittsburgh hockey fans, but we were closer in line to what you see, let's say, in a market like a Dallas or a Raleigh or whatever, where they've had the team for a while, everybody knows it's there, and then when they get good, everybody rallies. But all of the youth programs and things like that that really, really ingrain the sport are still miles behind. And that also should include the California franchises, the Florida franchises. That's what Pittsburgh was 20, 25 years ago. That's not now. Pittsburgh has become, by every reasonable statistical measure, the number one NHL city in the United States. Of course I'm not including Canada. In the United States, number one. And I think that counts for something. So, no, I don't think the Penguins are operating out of any sense of fear. I just don't think that they're seeing that keeping a winning team together and keeping your draft picks have to be some mutually exclusive thing. Look, Ron Hextall traded a high draft pick for Jeff Carter, and it worked out extremely well. In the short term, Jeff Carter's 36 years old. He's not part of anybody's future other than the coming season, as far as we know. But he made that move. The idea that it has to be all this or all that, that it has to be Jim Rutherford just passing draft picks around for Patrick Marlowe, or that it has to be something like the Pirates where you completely blow it up, and start from the very, very bottom, it's just, it's not true. It's not true. Look at the recent championships. Look at the Lightning alone. You can praise the core that they have. You can praise the leadership of Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman. Go ahead and throw Andre Vasilevsky into the mix. Nikita Kucherov, of course. But if they didn't have the infusion that they did of the younger players, if they didn't have Braden Point, who was probably, other than Vasilevsky, their very best player, then what are you really achieving down there? Nothing. You're just keeping an old team together and you're grafting other old guys onto it. I think that's more the Penguins' mindset here. You can draft players, certainly in the first round, who can make a fairly quick impact on your roster. And they can make a bigger impact on your roster than Patrick Marlowe did. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Going to be awesome to have actual hockey to discuss. Uh, if you're up there in Cranberry and you happen to see any of us uh, hanging around there, any of our staff from DK Pittsburgh Sports, myself included, please do not hesitate to walk up and say hello. Would love to have a chance to meet some of you in person. Let's do this again Monday, all right? Yeah.